found the missing data, 42% reduction. Not only that, the, the, the similar group that had a had an early treatment version of that study, they won't even supply us with those missing data. We know the data's there, they won't even supply it, supply it to us. And so those are the studies that close down hydroxychloroquine. Those are the ones that FDA need to insist on getting the, those, those data. The New England Journal of Medicine need to insist on getting those data. Annals of Internal Medicine need to insist on getting those data. So you talk about corruption and, 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 and coercion and, and co-option of the, of, the, of the peer-reviewed literature and, 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 and FDA. Here it is right there. We've got the solution. FDA can get out of this tomorrow. So th this is where I want to start transitioning into Dr. McCulloch, who we've talked to in the past. Because you were calling for, you know what they're, what they're called, these independent safety review panels, or I mean, you've got the exact name for it. T talk about, as Dr. Wiseman just did, talk about what we didn't do in the approval process, in the, in the safety surveillance, the follow-up process. T talk about the steps we didn't take that we should have and what we ought to be doing moving forward. And my comments will be regarding the COVID-19 vaccine. So Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. I uh, have served on or chaired over two dozen data safety monitoring boards for NIH-sponsored and big pharma-sponsored clinical trials. I know data safety inside out, backwards and forwards. I've also been on critical event committees, and I've uh, been on institutional review boards. Those three bodies are essential. I'll repeat, a critical event committee to adjudicate a safety event a data safety monitoring board to independently look at what is going on with a clinical program and when an investigational uh, product is being administered, and then a human ethics board to, to understand uh, and help protect uh, the, the subjects in that study. We have an Office of Human Research Protections here in the United States, OHRP. They are charged in protecting human subjects. Our COVID-19 vaccines, the consent form indicates in every state in the United States that the vaccines are investigational or in research because they are, invest, uh, they are under emergency use authorization. What did not happen is we did not have those three essential bodies of independent people installed. We never had those. By the way, they were installed and were utilized in the randomized clinical trials before they came to EUA approval. We also had the wrong bodies leading the vaccine program. Remember, the FDA is supposed to be the safety watchdog. The National Institutes of Health is the government research body, and the CDC is the outbreak investigation body. Right now, the CDC and the FDA are the named sponsors of a vaccine program. If Americans can learn anything, we should never have the FDA and CDC be a sponsor of a public program in administering a product. It has been a giant and colossal mistake. We should have had a separate body, a government body, be the sponsor of the vaccine program. The vaccine manufacturers can supply the products, and then we needed the separate data safety monitoring board, clinical event committee, and human ethics committee uh, there in oversight. And if this would have happened based on the emergence of unexplained deaths, I am testifying today that the program would have been shut down in February because of excess mortality. Dr. The NIH, specifically the NAIAD division of the NIH, co-owns the patent on the Moderna vaccine. And six members of the NAIED get royalties from the profits into their personal pockets, not to mention the, the entire budget of that program. Are you, you sure of that? I'm sure of that. Is that is That's that publicly available information. Okay. 
Four. Four members um, get royalties. Uh, I, I know there's also an issue not to, you know, there's also an issue of the people that on the panel for remdesivir uh, had some kind of tie with Gilead as well. R rife with conflicts of interest that would never be accepted in other settings. Uh, so they are profiting. And look, NIH, just for people out there that don't know where these agencies are situated in the federal government, NIH, which has gotten involved in sponsoring the research, the studies, uh, for approval of the vaccines, FDA, which is the agency that, that gives approval, and CDC, which is the agency that, uh, that makes recommendations, on which subsequent mandates are based. So the CDC says, well, we don't mandate anything. We don't make federal policy, federal law, which is true, right? But all the mandates then look to the CDC recommendations as their justification. So nobody ultimately takes responsibility for the mandates. There's no, there's no place where the, the buck stops. Um, all of these are div divisions of the same Department of Health and Human Services. They all report to the same secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services. And the, the, the need for strict separation from those who are profiting from these products, right, which is what we expect corporations to do. Of course, that's what they're, that's what they're about. But all the more need for careful structures to be put in place such that the regulatory agencies are serving the interests of the American people. But then there's also a revolving door between the agencies and the pharma. I mean, exactly. And I won't name any names, but we've seen in the You can trace lives. their careers as they rotate through these so, agencies into pharma and back. So let me transition. Dr. McCulloch talked about the CDC, NIH, uh, FDA kind of not playing the roles they should have played. Uh, what, what about the health agencies in general dictating how doctors practice medicine and how foreign that really should be to how the structure is set up. And, and, and why is that? I mean, I, I realized, you know, $140 billion worth of grant money flowing you know, through Dr. Fauci over <clears throat> decades. Uh, so talk a little bit about what has happened to One more comment. establishment. Yeah, yeah. I received a letter from the California State Medical Board uh, maybe six months ago went out to all physicians from the medical board saying, any physician in California who writes an inappropriate exemption for masks or other COVID-related measures will have his medical license subjected to investigation and disciplinary action. So for a physician, just to help you to understand, this kind of uh, threat hanging over your head is worse than the threat of getting fired. If I get fired from a particular healthcare organization, I can go to another healthcare organization or go start a private practice. If I lose my medical license, I cannot practice medicine. Okay? That's how serious this is. The letter never defined what might constitute an appropriate or inappropriate mask mandate. So I have no idea if I write a mandate for a kid with a severe anxiety disorder that's worsened by the wearing of a mask. Is that is that going to subject my medical license to disciplinary action? Uh, physicians in California interpreted the phrase and other COVID-related re measures to include vaccines, which had already been uh, rolled out at that point. It has become de facto impossible to get a medical exemption for a COVID vaccine in the state of California. No physician will write them, even when you have someone that 
has a contraindication listed on the CDC's list of contraindications to COVID vaccines. I have a patient, went to, uh, went to her rheumatologist, specialist in her uh, autoimmune condition. This specialist told this patient, I don't think you should get the COVID vaccines given your age, your low risk of COVID, and I think there's a good chance that these vaccines, based on the data that we have, could worsen your underlying medical condition. She turned to the same physician immediately afterwards and said, can you write me, therefore, a medical exemption? Uh, because I need one for work. There's a vaccine mandate at work. Same physician that just told her not to take the vaccine or recommended against it said, no, I'm sorry, I can't write you a medical exemption because I'm afraid I might lose my license. Are you telling me that patients who have known life-threatening contraindications That's to right. receive a COVID-19 vaccine indeed are That's not right. being given exemptions. So the medical boards are behaving very irresponsibly, doing the bidding of governors who want to impose certain mandates, in this case, mass mandates or vaccine mandates. Uh, they're not serving uh, the public good, in this case. They're not, certainly not serving the interests of patients. And they are, again, in my entire 18 years of being a licensed physician, I and my colleagues have never, ever received any kind of communication like this from the medical board. Uh, it's outlandish. And to your point, Dr. Um, Cariotti, they never define. Exactly. They threaten yeah. you, and it's this looming threat without definition. You're spreading misinformation. Oh, do cite the papers in which I am you know, spreading misinformation. They will not define it. They will attack you. They will threaten you. They will put you in a state of fear and say, you can only do what we say, but don't save a life. And by the way, the vaccines are expired because Omicron is here. And I, now they still want to mandate them. So they threaten us and threaten us and threaten us. And we're hunted for caring and being compassionate and empathetic and wanting to help humanity. I want, I want, I want to correct one, one thing that Dr. Chiari uh, said, which is there is one physician in California <clears throat> who will write a medical exemption and a mask exemption. There is one physician. I, 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 found I, I wouldn't name him. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> believe me, he doesn't want to be named. Yeah, but he is, he is being investigated. Okay. So, a little, little ahead of schedule, I, I see uh, Brianne Dressen has uh, been somewhat the spokesperson for some of the individuals that have been experienced injuries. So, Brianne, why don't you to introduce yourself? For some reason, you want to address this.